Welcome back, Dodecadorks. We're the 12-sided guys. We have Matt. Hi. Scott. Hi. Sabrina. Hey. Jordan. Hello there. And me, Paul. Seeing as this is our wrap-up show for the Crystal Codex campaign, I figured I should probably wrap this intro. So I scoured the book I found on the side of the road whilst running. No, no, no. This is this is true. I scoured this book that I found on the side of the road whilst running entitled whilst. How to Rap for, for some pointers. And the best pointer, oh, no. the best pointer I got was I should just not even try. Anyway. <laughs> You're such a dork. Uh, we're fairly certain. Oh, wait. Gosh, I've only done this 100 and, I don't know, 130 times and I can't even get this right. Anyway, if you were fairly certain that Shadow was Realm's dad, but you could never be quite sure, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex Colossal Campaign Cooldown. Is that real that Shadow could be Realm's dad? Um, yes, his name was Clyde. Yeah, the theory is C plus RM equals R. <laughs> C plus RM. C is Clyde plus Realm's mom. That's a lot of math. Equals Realm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's like Game of Thrones theory stuff. They'd always be oh, like, man. oh, no, JS plus. No, what is it? Yeah, what you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. No, yeah. R plus L equals J. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, my goodness. You got, hey, guys, we, we've done it. We finished the Crystal Codex campaign. Um, Woo, that we, we finished it. a couple. Wait, wait, wait. Did we beat D&D? You we guys, did it. You we beat so, that D. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. At the same time. <laughs> We had both those D's. We beat them both. Right. Well, if, wait, wait, wait. You guys, we never fought a dragon. Paul, you failed us. You guys fought lots of dragons. They just, it was just the template for dragons. But what I was going to say is, so in our very last episode of the Crystal Codex, you guys beat D&D. But if you recall, in our very first episode, I also announced that you had beaten D&D. Do you remember what happened when you guys beat D&D? Yes. So, did somebody roll really high? Yes. I'm pretty sure there was a natural twenty to to lie about the about what you guys were doing when the when the Imperial Guards were like, Hey, what are you guys doing out so late? And you're like, We're just out gambling and smoking. Paul, Paul wanted to chase us out of the town and we're like, Nope, we're good liars. Yes. <laughs> that whole, the whole first episode was just like off the top of my head because that was it was my plan was my plan was a hot start right like that's what i wanted i wanted there to be like super excitement and like you guys were gonna be chased through town i had like maps and stuff now very basic maps of you of like moving through the city or whatever trying to stay away from from bad guys i had some different um like uh a different uh, types of encounters, that kind of thing. And you guys are just like, nope, we're just out smoking because we got gambling. All, all right, then. Well, you guys, you guys will. <laughs> all right. See you later. Uh, oh, I'm not going to lie. There was there was a point where my head was in my hands in that first episode going, what do I do? What do I do? We're recording. Uh, we're recording. If, we had, if it had gone that way, Paul, if it had gone that way, like, I'm I, obviously our story would have been different, but I'm just thinking about the introducing ember and introducing bert so early and like establishing our ties to them in that first episode um wow somebody is opening a can of soda <laughs> i figured um, you would edit I, out my audio for this part sorry no i honestly with these ones i do very little editing yeah, me too. It's like, <laughs> that's great i love it no, I, uh, I I agree, Matt. I agree with what you're saying. Even though I don't I don't know if you actually finished your sentence, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. The story I I like to think that the that the whatever in our case the sixth person at the table is the dice is the randomness, and I think that that randomness has made this story uh, what it is. So very cool. You know that 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 raises a question that I'd like to bring up, and I don't know if we want to save this for discussion later on. Let's but jump right in, man. Let's jump into this, man. So my question balls then for deep. Paul is: You must go just balls deep into this, man. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, cool. like like a ball pit, right? PG guys, yeah. come on. 
yes, a exactly. really anyway. deep ball pit, like <laughs> yes. up to like, just over your knees, deep. just like yes. yeah. wading through the balls. <laughs> yes, like right, right, just right below your belt line. Oh if you man! If you a shaft down there, you would hardly be able to see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so what's your what's your so, what was your question? My my question was along the lines of like, you know, obviously you have to plan to some extent and you probably try to, you know, predict in your mind where we're going to go with some things and then plan accordingly. What have been some of the biggest like left turn tangent or 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 failures to follow through that you recall from the campaign? Like moments when you had planned some huge elaborate thing and we totally went a different direction. I think I find it kind of interesting that you ask a question about like how often plans have to change and everything and how often like I had to think on my feet when literally this is the first time in two years that one of my kids came wandering into the recording studio and I had to like try to figure <laughs> out what was going on. So um, I actually, I, so I came up with some things to discuss, you know, some different ideas. And the first thing that came to my mind is about how plans have changed. Um, so... You know, I, I like the idea. I, I love the role play where we're just talking to each other and then things will come up and I'll have to try to respond to that. Um, some of my favorite uh, encounters have been like Pine talking with um, Tamra Jr. that very first time where Matt didn't really realize that he was going to be talking to his son, right? And then we just got to have a really cool conversation. Um, you know, I like the the times where you guys are talking and then somebody will say something that then in my brain, it's like, oh, you know what? That would actually be a lot cooler. And so the story kind of changes, um, changes course. And I can't even begin to tell you how many times um, on a Friday before we were recording, I would go out for a run and on my run, I just kind of let my mind wander and my plan would change completely, like literally five hours before we started recording and then I'd be scrambling when I got back to work to try to get everything squared away and ready to record again. So, and you'd be like, Matt, can you please read this? <laughs> yeah. Just the, way, I didn't, I didn't have any spoilers or anything, but I did do, I edited the intro vignette sometimes that Paul would write. So yeah, I, I'd write, I, I figured, you know, Matt's literally going to be seeing, hearing this in three hours anyway, um, right along <laughs> with everybody else. So yeah. And think I'm glad I'm, I'm grateful that you were able to do that to help out because, uh, I mean, I, my writing is okay, but, um, Man, imagine that how second bad over. some of those intros would have sucked without Matt. Good Lord. <laughs> you're, exa you're exactly right. You're exactly right. But you know, so you ask, you talk about plans changing. So real quick, I just want to say that there were two things specifically that I came up with that were early plans that never played out at all. Ooh. So, um, the first one is, did anybody notice that Iramil's name is very similar to Laramie? Like, just kind of you switch around a few letters. <laughs> yes, oh, really? Originally, like, like we're talking before episode one. Okay, because I was just like, my theory was Paul is lazy with coming up with names. I'm like, oh yeah, those sound the same. Nice. <laughs> so, Iramil and Laramie, originally they were going to be the same person. And I even like went on Hero uh, Forge and I made this cool model and it was supposed to be like it was going to be like Iramil, but he had like all these swords strapped to him right you know to kind of give myself a, an idea and then um somewhere along the line just like planning things out um i scrapped that and Iramil and ramsey uh, i made i made the character of ramsey to represent Iramil. so anyway so that's, so, that's so one of the things like that homer changed. was originally going to be crusty the clown thing I did not know that. Like, or but like a how Bob's Burgers were originally going to be cannibals. Yes. Well, that's way before the pilot episode. That was like the original. Yes, but uh, but Homer and Krusty were straight up going to be the same character through the first season, and then they scrapped it. Oh, the point was Bart has no respect for his dad and absolutely loves Krusty. And oh, what what do you know? They're the same person. Mm, I didn't know that. Mm. Well, um, here's something else that. I, I scrapped this one. I scrapped because it was like, I don't need to add in a whole nother element. Do you guys remember in our father's day episode where you guys Wham. were helping Joram Michael? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Do you remember there was a moment where somebody's shield had an eye on it and the eye winked at you? Does, do you remember that? Or do you remember the living canvas up in the mountains after like post shattering, how she had a tattoo of an eye on her butt? <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. We still remember that. Was that, yeah. was that supposed that. to be Lady Balborel? 
<laughs> no, no. That I was going to try to throw in like this little twist where a lot of the followers of Aramil were not actually following Aramil. They were following um, the Lord of Lies, um, the trickster one. So there were two, there's a Lord and a Lady, and there one was the trickster and one was the liar or something like that. Like they were Lord and Lady of Deceit or whatever. Gotcha. And it was going to be the trickster, right? And then I was like, okay, I don't know. That's That that adds in a whole new cog into this wheel that's already kind of complex. Um, and so I just kind of, you know, that kind of disappeared. <laughs> as, that, that, that is a cool we concept though, Paul. That is a really cool concept. And, and had we not made some decisions, I think that would have been really cool to introduce. Um, I, I think as, it as was in my brain. Some for other ways yeah. we went, yeah. Yeah, it was in my brain for about, I don't know, seven or eight episodes after that. And then he just never got back to it. I mean, we never got back to like the sixth adjudicator either, right? There's an adjudicator out there that um, you guys never ran into because it never really came up. Um, we never really, I didn't want to shoehorn it in. got away. But it will when we do this old man, everybody's going to play an old man, former sword from the, uh, from, from men arrest. And they're going to be going after that final adjudicator in a special... I don't know. I'm just that's I'm just I'm throwing that up off the top of my head. It yeah, could be yeah. cool. Well, the final adjudicator. Do you want to know what the what the the thing with the final adjudicator was? So there was. So I'm trying to remember the, all the symbols. Can we go through the symbols really quick? So we had we can the, the flaming sword. We yes. had the axe and horns. Yes. And then we had the book with the sword bookmark that was uh, yes. Kippin and Trippin. Yeah. And then we had the ball, which I'm assuming was um, some kind of magical. Uh, yeah, implement it like, for it was, Bartos. It was literally a crystal ball that he would use to like scry on people in the city. Yes. Okay. And then what was the last symbol? A dagger on a pillow. Oh. So it was basically like a sneaky assassin. But the, what the point was is that she had retired. Like she had just like given it up and she was just going to like live a normal life. And I was going to try to drag her back into being a badass in the story. But I never really figured out where she would fit in. And then it, the story never really got around to her. Does that make sense? She deserves a peaceful life. Yeah, you know what? Exactly. That's kind of how I figure. You know, I, I was like, maybe it, maybe like in the closing, maybe she'll come back and she will slay Bartos. Like maybe that will be her final thing. But I was like, that's introducing a random character that nobody knows. And I, I think that uh, Jordan gave Bartos a, a good ending anyway um, in, in, his, in his epilogue. I mean, it was... It was, it was, yeah. <laughs> no, well, you gave him it. No, no, no. I, I don't think so. I think, I think you gave him, I, I mean, it, it, t terrible times make strange bedfellows. And, you know, I mean, this was a hard time uh, post shattering and people do some terrible things. And we don't judge who people bed with. So, yes, exactly. Exactly. But anyway, right, I was cool. going to say, I have an idea though, Paul. And maybe you and I should talk about this. I was just, I was just joking about the 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 four swords, you know, the four swords of the heavens, whatever. But uh, they, you know, there is a secret, like the more hidden school of the of the uh, Menorest Menores swords of the heavens, and that's this that's the school of the void. And they're all sneaky stabby, so maybe she's Menores. Maybe she had both titles. I mean, that would make two of the swords. That that you know what? That's a really good idea. That's a really cool idea. Yeah, like I said, it just never never really got fleshed out. So anyway, those are just some ideas of how plans changed um, through the through the uh, the campaign. Um, you know, um, I've got a question for you, Paul. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. What was the biggest? like hurdle that we threw your way that you had to think your way through or one of the things that we did that maybe surprised you the most and you had to think on your feet. I know you already mentioned, you know, episode one, <laughs> but was there anything else that we did that really just kind of threw you for a loop or something that you really did not expect us to do? You know, um, sometimes I wasn't sure where you guys were going to go. Um, Scott picking up, um, the swords of Lord Laramie, that one threw me for a loop for a bit, but at least that happened at the end of an episode. And then I had like four, three or four weeks, or I guess like two weeks to like, actually like think about things. So like, so Scott and I were like texting, talking about like, okay, what's this curse going to look like, you know? So that was, but that one was a big loop. Um, or yeah. Um, then yeah, episode one, a hundred percent. Um, I do recall um, at one point after the second chapter, 
me just go like saying guys where are you going what are you going to do like i didn't know where you guys were planning on going oh. you know do you remember that i'm yeah. like so guys yeah. i just yes. need to know where you're gonna go <laughs> yeah so and honestly, um, honestly that led into probably I mean, maybe this is a question we'll ask later but that actually led into my favorite chapter which was chapter three where we were in arkelvy where we were kind of being sneaky trying to get into the party we took care of Leah bravo oh, all that that's so i love that chapter that was a lot of fun. We yeah, did a that, great job in that mission. You did. You guys did awesome. You guys I just did remember great. dancing a guard and, you know, tumbling <laughs> on the ground. Handful, Handful of hot of dog. Hot dog. <laughs> 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 um, the that hungriest was, he's ever been. <laughs> no, that was a great chapter. But the, the only other thing that, that threw me for a loop, and again, this was early on. I think that as we got going, the story kind of propelled itself forward. And it was harder for you guys to to trip me up a little bit. Um, and that is um, killing um, Adjudicator um, Rolf and then keeping Ramsey alive. Like, I thought those two would be switched, um, but they weren't. So, yeah. Anyway, very cool. What would have happened if we killed Ramsey? Um, if you would have killed Ramsey, his essence would have gone back into um, full-fledged Iramil, Um, And then he would have projected himself out again. And he you guys would have, would have run into... Yeah. yeah, you guys would have run into Ramsey again. You'd be like, what, what, what's going on? Like, we killed you. We know that you were dead. And that's one of the things that he actually said when you guys were, you know, were carrying him to the woods. He's like, you know, if you kill me, I will... You know, I I guarantee what he said. I guarantee you that no matter what you decide, I will see you again. Um, Something to that effect. It's because he knew that he would be able to project that that tiny piece of his consciousness back out into the into the world and uh, and affect change again. So, yeah. Also, if we didn't kill him, or pardon me, if we killed Ramsey instead of Rolf, we wouldn't have had two years of apple bottom jokes and ball gag jokes. Yeah, it really was good value in overall, definitely. Oh, Do you know what Pine was the biggest surprise? Resist- and Pine was resistant to force damage and magic missiles, which came up all the time. So that was also great. <laughs> so the one time force damage did come up, you forgot about it. <laughs> and we can't, we, no, no, we, it's not that I forgot about it. It's that you didn't differentiate the type oh, damage gotcha. type. You just told okay. me all the damage. Yeah. Right. So okay. it's your okay. fault. So it's, my, it's my fault. It's my <laughs> fault. I was going to say the biggest surprise for me was with all the Apple Bottom Jean jokes is that Matt didn't know that song. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> really? Wait, what? That, was, that was a surprise for me. I'm like, I do not know this song. Oh, I know it now. Apparently, yes. oh, it, yeah. became, it became popular again among my kids who are in junior high. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I think it's making the rounds again, kind of like uh, 80s songs did when I was a kid. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I was going to ask um, for you guys, what were some of the unexpected developments that came up in the campaign? What what, what were some things that threw you guys for a loop? I think that uh, Scott, like Rusa's decisions always threw me for a loop. I'm like, this is not a typical D&D hero. Why, why is he acting this way? What is going on? Sorry, I bumped my mic. What is going on uh, in this guy's head? And then I would sit back and think about it. It's like, He's a three-dimensional character. He is not a typical D&D hero, which is refreshing, but it creates, you know, some unique challenges and roleplay opportunities <laughs> within the group. Uh, it was just it was an interesting group dynamic, especially that for those first like three chapters, three or four chapters. Yeah. I, I from the outset, I knew I was, you know, if you play the lone wolf, you have like the story arc you're kind of like pigeonholed into is like making them have that found family with the group but it's really fun to like make those decisions that like don't rub the rest of the party the right way while you're still hanging out with them i I thought that was a lot of fun to do (laughs) awesome that that's a great way to put it yeah just pissing everybody off Well, that oh, was like, like, I don't know. That was kind of how I played him the whole time. Like he made choices that I, you know, I, I disagreed with, you know, grabbing the swords from the beginning, grabbing it again at the climax, you know, like he just did whatever he wanted. I just remember like being so like frustrated after one episode. I'm like, what is Scott even thinking? He's going to ruin the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's something real quick about, about when, when Scott grabbed that sword. Um, so there was going to be a conflict between him and, um, and Samen. 
And then he rolled that natural 20 on the wisdom save because I had been saving that second negative D10 um, because of the help he got from <laughs> Lady Jaffa. I had been saving that for the final battle. And I was like, that's a perfect time for it. Because the thing is, is that basically, um, uh, Saman was a warlock to Laramie, right? Um, Laramie was his patron, but the pact kind of went the other way, right? It's like... Um, Basically, Laramie owed Saman something. And so Saman's deal was, I'll resurrect you, you know, I, I will, but you have to let, like, let me keep my soul or whatever, um, something to that effect. And so when you grabbed the sword, Saman knew um, uh, you don't have an agreement with Laramie. So if Laramie, t- if you get all the swords or whatever, if Laramie takes over you, you're done, right? Saman had a deal and Laramie was held to that deal. So you making that save and giving the sword to Saman, um, it changed that final battle uh, somewhat. So that natural 20 was clutch. So clutch. my plan with grabbing the sword, like it was always to get it to Saman. I didn't expect Laramie to just like pop out of nowhere, but I figured that I figured that, you know, Saman would level up or something along those lines as soon as he had the final sword so that was why i grabbed it yeah well one thing about laramie he would go crazy uh, with the final sword though i was worried <laughs> that he'd turn on us i was thinking i have so few hit points and Roos is the only one with healing spells and he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna have this sword and he's gonna want to just kill 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 blood 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 yeah well, I had an idea too for that final battle because um, those those orbs are getting dumped into the that pit, right? And if that fifth orb went in, then basically you guys lost, right? Like that was that was the thing. But there was a I had an idea, and I, I figured one of you guys, if it came down to that, would figure out something to do. And um, I figured that one of you would use the trap on the final orb and lock it in place, or something to that effect um oh. and and so i figured that that would probably come up at some point for somebody but we didn't have to get there because laramie showed up and um you guys hosed your meal and uh yeah it was a it was a fun fight it was a, it was a fun ending you know it was very close though i mean <laughs> it was. We, we were very it really was very close, yeah. Yeah. Well, too close for comfort to be honest yeah yeah <laughs> All right. Well, um, I have some more questions for people unless you guys have questions for me. But so I just because kind of wondering, um, I have some favorite questions. So three questions. We'll start with what was everyone's favorite running joke besides apple bottom jeans? Or and maybe not running joke, but like, you know how we'd have a joke and it lasted like one episode or maybe two episodes, um, like Gringy or like the angel who was covered in seams, right? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Or work colleagues. I liked work colleagues a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't do that one. I, I choose that one. That's fine. That's fine. I really liked, and maybe I'll clear the air here. I started out, I mean, the description I gave the rest of the players was that Roos, like, had no fashion sense. And so I loved that everybody made fun of him about it the entire campaign. I just thought that was amazing. So I don't want the listeners to think that, like, I am offended when they're making fun of my character, but... I set that up. And so that was kind of a fun running gag on his character throughout the entire, the entire campaign. And to that, that effect, I think, um, uh, what, when was it? There was one point. Oh, it was when there was a point in there where you were, um, what, what, what was it? It, where, Where basically, um, pine realized that they had been peer pressuring, Roost the entire time. <laughs> Do you remember what I'm talking about? Was it about the mustache or shaving the mustache? Yeah, shave it. Yeah, that's right. And like, yeah. oh, we were the baddies. <laughs> exactly. I loved how Nari's character was thirsty all the time. Just <laughs> she was so thirsty. Anytime, so thirsty. Oh, anytime there was an NPC female, it was like I stand by the fact that Paul used sexual tokens. <laughs> I did not use they were sexual all, tokens. They were all pretty gorgeous. <laughs> they were all nude, fully nude. Right? <laughs> Is there any way to play D and So you guys don't know. That's why we can't Twitch. We can't use Twitch. That he traced himself from that Victoria's Secret. 
No, you gosh, can't yeah. prove otherwise because this is a podcast, not a TV show. <laughs> oh my goodness, you guys! Oh gosh, that's so funny. Uh, awesome. I think. Um, so I think with with Richter, I loved the uh, the sword innuendo. Oh man, that was great! <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. oh my gosh! Uh, and everybody jumped in on it too. <laughs> something, something. What would you say? Something, something. Falchion. <laughs> something, something. Falchion. Yes. <laughs> that one still gets me. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, Claymore, Playmore. Oh my gosh, when you did that one, I, I, like, I, my heart dropped a little bit into my gut. Like, <laughs> oh, that's so bad, so bad. <laughs> And not like the power glove, but like actually bad. <laughs> your heart dropped into your stomach a little bit. Oh, look! Yeah. Look at that. Your 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 bad puns, Jordan, gave yes. Paul a myocardial infarction. Yes, it did. Oh my gosh, it was so good. It was so good. Oh man. So, I, I, a little aside, I only know the term myocardial infarction because when I was in college, I was in biology, and we had to do like current events about bio- biology topics and i found an article about some treatment for myocardial infarctions <laughs> and I so i wrote up this i wrote up this two-page paper on this article like and everything and then it was only like a month later i learned that myocardial infarction means a heart attack that's right i forgot about that <laughs> you wrote that's this amazing. whole paper and you didn't even know what that was. oh gosh i had no idea what i was writing it was so was bad. but to be fair real quick story about that same paper um we had a biology class together and um i was walking towards class because uh, it was once a week and i uh passed somebody who actually i was walking home because uh, i was going to skip the class like i always did because i was a terrible student um and he's like hey did you get your paper turned in yet i'm like paper and he's like yeah your biology paper it's due today we had one paper the whole year and i totally forgot it was that day so i go running home i spend like an hour and 10 minutes typing up like this two or three page paper um, with with sources and everything and then i am running out of the apartment to go turn it in and matt comes running in and he's like paul our paper's due today and i'm like i know i just finished it <laughs> and then matt did his myocardial infarction paper and he got his in, <laughs> he got his in at the same on, on time so we both had to, we had we had a two and a half hour block to write two papers and we got it done Oh, and we man. shared a computer at this point too. So. <laughs> yes, yes, Very that was freshman year. Honestly, oh my gosh! And this was this—we're old men, so that was pre-cell phone, or at least pre-cell phones being affordable. So, anyway, oh, so funny. All right, um, unless somebody's got another joke, um, I was going to say I think my favorite bit was um, Giard of Porthos being around oh, everywhere yeah. with <laughs> Porthos just laying these dope eggs for omelets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even coughing up these, coughing up these owl pellets for omelets. <laughs> yes. he's, he's pooping out owl pellets. Out oh of my the gosh! <laughs> out of the cloaca. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, I love that. Well, that actually brings me to my next question: Is that who was everybody's favorite NPCs? I liked my kids. Yeah. 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 I mean, we only interacted with Leon once, and it was I kind of wrote him. The, the whole thing for him because it was during that uh, five-year kind of recap but i i i feel like each one of them was unique and every time we got to interact with them it was it kept me on my toes and uh i don't know i was just i was thinking of family dynamics in my own family my own you know family history and uh kind of thinking about how different siblings you know aged and went their own way and um I don't know. It was it was really fun just whenever we got together and I I felt like they were all three very unique. Uh and I love them. Yeah. Very nice. Um it, it's tough to say. I mean, Tedward is up there. Um <laughs> Tedward Ted was so terrible. <laughs> That's what made him so like, great. I, like, I love I love Tedward. I love Tedward and I he was so he was so pointless. Oh gosh. But that's what I uh, that's what I loved about him. Uh, the name Tedward in the land. The, the the name Tedward is totally in the same vein as the name Jonathan. <laughs> it, is, it is. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan. Well, 
<laughs> I've got that two was favorite. my wife's favorite part of that movie was when that little gnome lady's like Jonathan. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh well, I've got two favorite NPCs, and they're both right around the same time. Um, I really liked Ramsey because I liked role playing as him um, when he had the cover. I remember when you guys were down in the basement underneath the mayor's mansion talking with um, uh, with Colbury for the first time actually having a conversation with him learning about him and then um and then i was up uh, with ebby and ebby and ramsey were having a conversation the conversation between ebby and ramsey no notes all off the top of my head me just trying to figure out what would ramsey say to ebby to try to convince him to let him go what kind of um persuasion could he do I think it came out really well. I really Please enjoyed Daddy, that conversation. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'll be good. I promise. Oh, um, no, and, then, and then my other favorite character, also uh, NPC, also kind of goes back to my favorite joke. And that was, do you remember the Imperial soldier who also had a saxophone around his neck? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then when he died on the boat and then the joke was he's never going to dance again. Uh, that was so fun. Uh, I loved it. He's wearing a I fancy uniform but not like a band uniform. That's not like yes. a marching band uniform. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Okay. Anyway, I forgot about that guy. <sighs> I think about him every day. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's there's been a lot of good NPCs, you know, when you think about it. Like um Brimby and uh Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of really good ones that you threw into the mix. Oh good. I really liked how Colbury ended up. Uh his story was really nice too. Like I don't know if he was my favorite NPC, but I, I felt like he had a, a nice storyline. Yeah, I didn't trust him at all when you first entered. I mean, I he's no. one of those characters that just made me mad after the after the the game session. I was like, who does that guy think he is? <laughs> I, was like, I love paper. When I said that in game, you're talking about Colbury, right? <laughs> Sorry, I got a little yeah, Colbury, yeah, yeah, yeah Colbury. <laughs> he's all, I love paper. My first thought was thinking of Goldmember from Austin Powers. I love gold. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I love paper. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like shaking my head, going, "Why did I say I love paper? Have you ever seen anything like it?" Uh. <laughs> anyway, awesome. Um, Angus is also way up there. Angus was a great NPC. Angus was, yeah, Angus was he was he was solid, but he also like caused trouble for us, and he was great. Man, when he stole that sword, Ooh, oh, Angus, yes, that's so great. I love it. Um, yes. Okay. So the last thing that I have, in case anybody else has any questions, is like, um, what are your guys's favorite? Like, if you were to pick one moment from the campaign that you think was kind of like if you were to tell people about the campaign, what would be the one moment you would tell people like, this is the best moment of the campaign. And I can go first if you guys want me to. Well, we can't give away the best moments when we're trying to get, bring somebody in. Well, this is a recap. <laughs> Just <kidding>. Spoilers <laughs> abound. I will, I will, I will pick a moment that is not Canon because okay. I um, And that is, that is, the uh, Smash Brothers episode when oh, Ryan man. continued to crit on Sabrina over and over again. <laughs> or when he's like, that he's was like well, there's, where there's still this other hand we got to deal with, so I'll attack that. Now, nah, who am I kidding? I'm tagging, I'm attacking Nari and yes. crit again. <laughs> oh, that was so good. That was, that was my favorite non-canonical episode for sure. That was so fun. I really enjoy. Uh, speaking of non-canonical episodes, I really enjoyed um, <laughs> when Ebby and Roos were floating through the air, holding each other from one <laughs> end of the room to the other. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was so sweet. That was so sweet. Uh, um, <laughs> those were pretty great, for sure. Yeah, my favorite moment. I'm, and I'm just people might not know what I'm saying, but the players will know what I'm saying. Um, ready? This is my favorite moment. Natural f- twenty, suck my f- or something like that. <laughs> that, is, that is my favorite moment. That is the moment where I was like, okay, we might have a totally, we might have to like 
uh, come up with new characters or whatever. Uh, like I, I knew that I think Ruth would have survived at that moment. Um, and then there was going to be something like maybe one, another one would have survived with their death saves type of thing. But, um, I knew we, at that point I was like, we're going to have to make at least one or two new characters. And it's going to go from like, um, trying to get your meal away to all of a sudden now they're in prison and they have to try to figure out how to get out of this, like out of, out of, out of a dungeon or out of prison before like they become um, executed by the, the empire. Right. Um, Maybe we would have a, found ourselves with artists family. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you know, artists actually, could have saved yeah, us. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, <laughs> that is, uh, you, yeah, exactly. You would have been, um, with artists family. Um, but, um, it, it didn't go that way because, Sabrina rolled a natural 20, giving Nari her nickname and saved you guys from death, which happened again towards the end of the, of the podcast with um, with Trophos, the Herald oh, of the Air, where she was the only one left standing. That was that that was the moment where I'm like, hmm, this would be a big letdown if everyone died. But <laughs> but uh, but Nari pulled it out and she took out Tropos, handed out a potion, and every everybody survived. That was great, great moments. Everybody but Ember. I mean, every throughout the whole campaign. And, and Brinby. Alright, Pete, pour one out. And Ebby. Yeah. Uh, Ebby. I did want to ask Jordan if he had like any sort of like epilogue ideas for Ebby, since you know technically he kind of maybe was around. I don't. I didn't really have much in my in my head. I I had considered and talked to Paul about the idea of trying to like considered like what if what if we resurrected Ebby before the end and he came back for kind of the final fights. Um, but I think then it would have been too, it would have felt too much like, I don't know. It, it, it felt like that would have become too big of a deal. If you know what I mean? Like, like Ebby would have asserted himself almost as like a main character and that would not have been a good thing. So we ended up no, kind of going like a different really route. Touching the way that, that you guys did it for sure. It was a great well, way to end the whole session. I, yeah, I, there was also talk early on about the Ebbiest, um, you know, the, uh, the monster with it, the Lord Moshe taking over Ebby's body. Um, originally Jordan and I talked about like that being like basically almost like a, like an, an optional boss fight. Right. Um, and I think that what changed for me anyway, is when you guys grabbed the crystalline matrix that held Ebby's soul. When you pulled that away, um, at that point, there was no real need to go after Lord Moshe for Ebby's sake, because you had Ebby in your hands. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, we saved his soul. We're heroes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are heroes. We're basically you destroy Jesus, the world and saving <laughs> people's souls. <laughs> teaching primary Wait, I thought school. thought he was teaching kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Well, any other questions about, or any other moments or any other, th anything else people want to say about the Crystal Codex? I, I just, I think it, this was the longest campaign I've ever run or played in. And Most coherent, it was, definitely. It, it, I, I, it was, it was so fun. I'm so, I'm so proud of this, of this, I mean, product, I guess you could say that we've managed to put out into the ether onto the interwebs for people to actually listen to and to, um, to just shoot through know, that series of tubes. <laughs> yes, I was yes. just about <laughs> to make a joke about tubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So anyway, well, I think it's okay if we leave some questions, um, and leave some thoughts unanswered because, um, now we're going to have a we're going to have a chance for you to give us some questions as well. Um we're going to be putting together a Q&A again um that will be go live on Patreon. Um so we're going to have dates for that. Do we have dates for that yet, Paul? Have you thought that far ahead? Uh-huh. <laughs> No, so what we're going to do so after this episode goes live, this is the announcement now. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to do a Q&A. So get us your questions. If you're not on the Discord, 
join the Discord. We'll have a channel there for questions. Um, and uh, then we're going to compile them all. We'll do a Patreon sp- um, exclusive uh, answering your questions. And it's going to go live a couple weeks after this. Yeah, so we'll we'll try to keep it to two weeks uh, for questions. So we're going to close questions at midnight on July 9th. He was opening the calendar. Did you see that? Did you hear that? He was opening the calendar. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Wait, well, huh? Oh, what, huh? I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I, I did actually have some questions I wanted to throw out to the group. Um, were, yeah. there, were there anything like... Were there any storylines or story arcs or concepts that you guys had for your characters that you had like thought about but couldn't ever find a way to incorporate into the main story or any preparations you had made that you would have liked to have explored deeper with your own character? I, I always was I was waiting for, you know, Pine being an old soldier that one time he got lonely on campaign and he, you know slept with a woman of the night and then his bastard child would come find him or something. I was always waiting for that to happen. That would have been rad. Really? Shoulder for the no, bastard actually, child. <laughs> actually, no, that just, <laughs> that just came into my head just now. I just oh, no, I okay. never considered that. I was like, wow, because Hudley Honestly, was down to clown, but you did not want any of that. <laughs> no, I was, I was actually thinking of Tommy boy when, when it's like, and that's when the whores come in. I visited a prostitute one time during the war. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 That's right. Shaking their little booties for the men folk. <laughs> Yep, exactly. <laughs> and that, that t- sorry, I'm trying to be better about that. I should have been saying sex worker. <laughs> you're, so, you're, well, you're, um, you're, you're quoting a, a movie in that case, right? Yes. Well, some of it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, one thing I, I, I wanted to add in, uh, but it just kind of didn't, we didn't have time. I wanted to, to talk about Richter's brother. Um, we kind of alluded to it a couple times when you guys went back to the house. Um, Richter, your that letter you had written was gone. Um, and I imagine your brother came and got it. Um, what, what were your thoughts about your brother, about Richter's long lost brother? Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to flush out stuff like back when I, when we first kind of made the transition from Ebby to Richter, um, I wrote up like a big, you know, like six or seven page history of, of Kaylin Richter, like who his parents were, um, kind of the genealogy a little bit there, how his father's side was from kind of ricolia in the city states there and then his mother's side hailed from minarest and it was seen as like you know this advantageous marriage um but that his i think i I mentioned it before he had like a grandfather who was duke fyodor who was supposed to be like in in this history (laughs) i had created he was the head of intelligence for the then emperor of the newly formed empire of Almar. And he sounds like a KGB agent. Right. (laughs) And so after a, like a tragic boating, like shipping accident, um, when his parents who had started kind of a logistics or shippings type of enterprise, they were on one of their vessels that, you know, got scuttled against some rocks and, and died. And, Kalen was the oldest son, like probably 13 years old. And his younger brother, who was a couple years younger than him, were the last people standing. And his uncle, who is a military, like a colonel in Minarest, took Richter under his wing. And it was kind of this acrimonious, like splitting of the estate between these two families who now were partially divided because of the war that had started to break out between Almar and Minarest. And um, so, Richter went with his uncle to Minarest and Ivan was taken by his grandfather, Duke Fyodor, over to Almar. And in my mind, I had this idea of like, what if Ivan kind of became the antithesis of Richter? He got into the intelligence business and was kind of like in the military, but did it for the empire, whereas Richter trained and did this at Minarest. So anyway, that was a, that was an idea that I had had. Didn't really get to go anywhere with it, but thought it would have been interesting. My plan was to have him show up as one of the zealots of Aramil, <laughs> actually. Oh, that would have been interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Jordan's plan was better. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, Jordan's I think, I plan think that, was canon. <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs> 
Uh, awesome. Yeah. Anybody else have anything about their character they didn't want that they wanted to try to flesh out and that never came into fruition? So I kept forgetting that Pine likes cigars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked it like the last episode or two where you're like, I block it with my cane. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> We've been calling your cane. You've been giving your cane shield stats this whole campaign. Oh, gosh. <laughs> there was one thing that I did create for Ebby when we were starting to get close to kind of those final episodes with Ebby. Um, well, we were still a few months out from all of that happening. Um, I was like, wouldn't it be interesting if like, uh, it was, it was just kind of this concept, not really something to do in the podcast, but like, I was going to write a bunch of these like journal entries or diary entries for Arnium. So it's like his actual history and my, I had this idea of like, what if I were to write a bunch of these things, like the story of his, you know, like early, like scientific career and what it was like living in Alelian culture way, way back when, and their struggle against the inevitable and all the different things that they would learn. And I could like drop a page entry or something like that each week on our website or on Patreon as like additional content. And I, in my head, I'm like, this would be interesting because if I learned something in the podcast from Paul, I could like weave that into these journal entries from Arnium. So it would kind of tie it in. So that way it's like, as we learned something about how crystals worked or, you know, how, you know, how the soul could be encapsulated in these crystalline matrix matrices, I could like have a journal entry that was like when he originally discovered this way, way back when. Um, I actually wrote like 13 or 14 pages of this history of Allele and like um, Neum writing these journal entries and going on these expeditions. And then my laptop died and I lost all of it. Oh, oh no. no! I was going to say we should release oh that God, as uh, Patreon so content. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so this was all before you realized that Neum was Ebby, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That would have been really that. That's kind of interesting that you were thinking of writing as Neum, not realizing you were playing sort of as a as a as a part of Neum. So that's cool. I think one of the best, speaking of Neum, I think one of the best, uh, my favorite jokes too, was in one of the last re recent episodes um, where you mentioned going back and doing a boss rush and you say, start with, <laughs> start with Neum's wife. Oh, that, <laughs> that was brutal. so good. That was brutal. Oh, oh my gosh. That was so, so sad when we found out, but that was hilarious when you brought it back. <laughs> I was on that episode. That's also wasn't that the same episode with the with the serif joke about how celestial is oh, a yes. serif font. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, very cool. Uh, anything else, or should we leave some of this for when our let our patrons ask us some questions? I'm, I wrote down questions for each of the other players, but uh, we can wait for that. I can do it at the Q and A. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> smooth, uh, boss. You, you gave Scott a perfect place to just get right in. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> you guys. Well, very cool. Uh, I have loved the Crystal Codex campaign. It's been my favorite um, game session or a game, series of game sessions it's been my favorite campaign i've ever run or been a part of it's been so much fun and i am looking forward to playing with you guys again um in the future like i mean in the very near future i mean as in our future Next campaigns week. coming up <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> as in i'm really looking forward to continuing together um as a group and seeing what uh what our next campaign brings um but speaking of our next campaign yeah paul you get to play as an actual player for a little bit you excited yes, about I do. That? I am super <laughs> excited to be a player. Um, I am. I, I. I wouldn't say I'm a problem player, but um, <laughs> you like to have fun. I yeah. do like to have fun. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, I too like to party. <laughs> uh, so, what's going to happen next? Actually, so we are. We are. Um, 
getting ready for campaign two. Um, but in for the next little bit, so we're not quite sure how many episodes it's going to be, but it's going to be a, a, a short mini campaign. And friend of the podcast, Aaron, is going to come in to DM it for us. Uh, he's fantastic. Um, and uh, so we'll be doing a mini campaign with him as the DM and all... All five of us will be players. Um, so that's going to be exciting. We have our characters already and uh, fun little treat for everybody. Um, as soon as this episode goes live on the Discord, I'm also going to share the new album artwork that's going to accompany it. So you'll be able to see it a week before it comes out. So if you see it, if you see this strange looking 12 sided guys album art in your uh, podcast feed, that's just the next little campaign. Um, so after that mini campaign, then we're going to go in full swing on campaign two. But the plan right now is to not take any breaks because we love doing this and we love you guys so much that we want to keep putting out content. Um, so we're going to be uh, just running in next uh, next week, uh, running the uh, starting out this uh, mini campaign. And it's called The Nauseous Nocturne. I am so excited. And <laughs> your character, character sounds awesome, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, personally, I love my character. Um, awesome. <laughs> well, hey, guys. He's, uh, he's a little churchy, though. <laughs> he's a little churchy. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Hey, thanks for playing in the Crystal Codex campaign. And thanks for um, just all the great memories, all the fun times. And I look forward to more uh, coming up next week. And, you know, don't forget all you who are listening. We do have a Patreon. Um, don't forget, send in your questions that you might have for us about the campaign. And um, we'll make sure to answer them on the Patreon. You have till July 9th to get those to us. And uh, yeah. And with our next campaign after the Noxious Nocturne, when I start taking over as the Dungeon Master again, um, we will be exploring a new world. The world of Pavantis, the frayed square of Patchwork Quilt, um, will um, be existing somewhere else. And we're going to explore um, a new land with new problems. Um, and uh, it should be a ton of fun. Anyway, until we get together next time, we hope you have a great time. Isn't it funny how that became our thing, my thing? Because I would tell people like, All right, guys, have a great time. <laughs> <laughs>